0: Hi, this is Buzz Dixon, and you're listening to G.I. Joe, a real American headcast. Yo Joe!
1: Joe, the real American headcast is the codename for Aaron's daring, highly trained headcast. Its purpose, to podcast about G.I. Joe fighting Cobra, a ruthless terrorist organization determined to rule the world. Welcome back to another exciting episode of GI Joe: A Real American Headcast. As usual, I am your host, Aaron Brotherhead Moss, and joining me today I have some of my regular crew. Uh, once again, we have Mr. Pat Sampson. Hey there, Pat.
2: Hello. How are you and everybody else? Doing
1: good. And also joining us is back from his world tour and uh, looking the Cobra activities. We have Mr. Kevin Reitzel. Hey,
0: Thank sir. you, sir. Good to be back, man. I'm excited.
1: Yeah, you missed last episode. I think it was last episode or the episode before. uh, Jared was ranting raving about how he missed you and he he likes talking with you.
0: And yeah, I'm sorry. I just you know my scheduling and stuff. But uh, (laughs) I'm I'm glad I got back on though. (laughs) But if we look (laughs) around the room, we don't see a Jared here. Jared had to bail out. He had family
1: things going on. Family's more important than my podcast. I understand how it is. (laughs) Uh, But
2: (laughs) it's the story of my life.
1: (laughs) But joining us today, we do have a special guest, Mr brad abraham Uh, brad wrote me an email i read off it was the last episode episode before uh, complimenting on the show and he was saying that gi joe uh issue 19 was one of his his favorite all-time favorite uh issue so i figured i'd have him on so we get a fresh view and uh, a fresh pair of eyes for the episode hey there brad
3: hey guys thanks for having me
1: welcome always glad to talk to another joe so just real quick uh I've talked with uh, Kevin and Pat in the past, and my listeners have heard them. Uh, I want to tell you about your uh, your GI Joe history, there, Brad. How did you find GI Joe? And
3: well, where you uh, come from? I, I, I have to admit, I found GI Joe on television. The commercials for the first toys back in 1982, and uh, I go back that far. Um, the The toys were my I guess gateway into the GI Joe world. And, given that they came in that uh, lull between The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. I was a big Star Wars fan, but you know, a lot of people nowadays probably don't know that and realize that there was a three-year gap between Star Wars movies, and you had to find <laughs> other toys to kind of act as stopgaps between releases. So G.I. Joe was kind of that stopgap, but I, I just really got into it, and uh, that was the toys. Uh, but I didn't really get into the comic in any serious way until a couple of years later. This would have been maybe... Oh, in the summer of 1984, I think, where some friends had been visiting, and they were G.I. Joe fans also, but they were more fans of the comic than the toys or the cartoon, and they you know, brought over a bunch of their comics for me to take a look at, and I thought, oh, wow, these things are amazing, going I start buying these, so G.I. Joe was kind of my, the comic was kind of my gateway into comics reading and comics collecting. My first trip to a comic book store was because I wanted to track down as many back issues of G.I. Joe as I could find, so, and 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 it it kind of it kind of stuck with me for a few years and i aged out of it which is what what happens when you enter you know i guess puberty (laughs) you want to define it and then and then when you're in your 20s and in your 30s you rediscover the stuff you liked as a kid Thought you know say well this is a a part of my life and part of my growing up my whole experience my my first experience with long-form comic book storytelling and uh, you know other things i've gotten rid of over the years, like the old Star Wars toys and things like that. But, uh, you know, I I hung on to the G.I. Joe comic collection and uh, that brought me to discovering your
2: podcast. What was your first issue?
3: Uh, First issue I bought would have been 28 with my own money. Uh, But the first issue I received was a beat up used copy of number one that one of my uh, visiting friends had given me, which I still have. And right on. so I had 28 as the current and then I had number one. So I had to go back and scour <laughs> comic book stores to try to, to fill in all the gaps because this is before they had trade editions and reprints and things like that. So it was a it was a, a multi-year, multi-city odyssey to track them down. Yeah. And I, a- I, I I paid I was one of the ones who paid twenty dollars for issue number two. that. <laughs> Back mm-hmm. then was an astronomical song. Yeah,
0: it like, was. I remember the the back <laughs> yeah. issues on that was like really high. It's yeah. funny your your introduction to comics was the same as me. I saw GI Joe issue one at my local seven seven eleven, mm-hmm. and I was hooked. But I I couldn't. They didn't get that issue number two, and I started seeing back issue prices for it later on. I'm like, holy cow, twenty dollars? That's insane. <laughs> yeah. That's
3: that's what that's what my mother said when she said twenty dollars for a comic book. But I I, I did get my own little. Uh, Turn around at the end because I got Larry Hama and um, Herb Trimpey to autograph that issue number two at New <sighs> Comic Con a few oh, years ago. Great. It's on the uh, it's framed. Nice. It's in the it's it's framed and it's in the uh, on the office wall of my uh, of my home. So it's <sighs> it's there. So I won in the end. <laughs> best, best, best twenty dollars I ever spent.
1: Oh, I'm sure that's that's very that's a very nice story. I like that. That's and it's just extra special that you got Larry and Herb to both sign it. And
3: oh yeah, because Herb passed away about a year or so after that, so it's a oh, you know, it's, wow, a, it's, it's a real memento. Hmm. It's, a, it's a it's got a place of honor on my wall. Well, I'm sure
1: he lights shot a lot on it and just <laughs>
3: <Yep>. yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's, it's 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 where I can I can always just turn my head and see it on the wall over there. So it's always nice to get it. Occasionally, I pull it out and I read it just for the sake of reading it because that was sort of the holy grail back then. And, uh,
4: right.
3: You know, and it it ties in nicely with but, this issue that we're going to be talking about too because that was yeah, yeah I was
4: just going to say yeah that's that's yeah that is
1: a very nice yeah tie in there. Uh, speaking of this issue, let's go ahead and get going on it. Uh, this is GI Joe, a real American hero, issue number nineteen. The cover date on this was January of 1984. To buy this on the stand, you had to be buying comics October the 11th of 1983. This cost 60 cents when it first came out, unlike a couple years later when Brad had to pay $20 for it. (laughs) That was this issue, never mind. That
3: was two, yeah.
1: (laughs) It was two. The title of this was Joe Triumphs. The writer was Larry Hama. Penciler, Mike Vosberg. Inker, John DiGasto. Letter, Rick Rick Parker. Colorist, George russos editor linda grant and the cover is done by mike Vosberg penciler and john diagnosto inker and this was reprinted in gi joe comics magazine number seven which came out in 1987 and gi joe volume two trade paperback which i actually just got from in stock trades like a week or two ago uh,
0: i'm uh, i'm rocking the original one that i that i got i think off the newsstands <laughs>
3: Yeah, um, I got the I got very the original cool. here too.
0: Dude's got it's got a it's got an, Atari presents Battle Battle Zone
3: uh, um,
2: on, on the inside cover. Yeah,
3: and it's got an ad for the Popeye video game on the back.
2: That's right. <laughs> oh yeah, that was a cool game. <laughs> it was. Did, did you? Well, am I wrong in thinking that there was actually a second printing of this one? Does it's uh, do you know yeah, There,
1: there is probably meeting? was. I'm not sure. Uh, the Mike's website didn't list if it's a second printing or not, but there
2: probably was. It's just something I thought I heard that there was a second printing of this there, particular issue. Uh, I'm
0: looking online here. It looks like that there was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it says all second printings I had a second printing notice on the inside bottom of the uh, first page. So yeah. Oh yeah,
4: yeah. It's down there on in the
0: industry. it It's
4: yeah. second printing. Mine doesn't have one.
3: Yeah. Mine is the first printing. Oh, there you go. Oh wow, I did not first know that. First
1: printing. Woohoo!
3: Ooh, oh, very nice. There you
1: go. <laughs> as far and where, how are you reading it, Pat? Since everyone else's. How, how are you reading
2: this? Um, I'm looking at it digitally okay. right now.
1: That's why I'm looking at it right now, just because it's easier. Because I'm getting old, my eyes are going bad. It's. Easier for me to sit on my computer than trying to <laughs> read the books. I get my glasses out; it's all whole issues. I, just, I prefer reading on the
0: computer because it's easier. I love the smell of these old comics. Still, they still oh, smell good. Yeah, <laughs>
1: oh, yeah, yeah. Whenever I walk in the comic shop, that's the first time.
2: <laughs> I love the smell of comics in the morning. <laughs> smells know, like I, victory.
5: bomb for 12 hours when it was all over i walked up we didn't find one of them not one stinking big body
0: i don't know if you guys know this or not <laughs> but my comics sur- my all oh, my gi joe comics survived my dad's garage fire but luckily i had them all I, I had them all wrapped in the bags and everything so the only thing i had to do was just replace the bags but i was so thankful that those didn't get oh, destroyed wow. yeah very that's oh.
1: yeah I would cry. <laughs> you know, so, my comics got some smoke damage from a house farm my mom had back when I was, I'd say younger, I was in my early 20s. And I had some moves laying out and they got some smoke damage, but Yeah, that can destroy your comics. Going to move on to the story, the synopsis. Our story starts with the Joes building a prefab fortress within the pit. Meanwhile, a mummy-inspired baroness is being brought into the G.I. Joe headquarters. At the same time, Scarface is turning turning the antidote that he stole over to the Joes. Hawk reveals his plan as a general flag to throw Cobras off the pit scent. At Cobra headquarters, Destro watches as Fort Wadsworth motor pole begins quarantine procedures. Cobra Commanders orders immediate attack on Fort Wadsworth and almost reveals to Destro that his beloved Baroness is still alive. Meanwhile, near the old Brooklyn Navy Yard, Quinn and Snake Eyes drop in on their old buddy, Dr. Venom. As Quinn is about to introduce the doctor to his fist, a swarm sort of Cobra, cobra gunships turn up, interrupting their fun. Back at Fort, Fort Wadsworth Motor Pool, the Joes are petting the chaplain's assistant on a bus, sending them on a retreat to San Francisco. The Joes continue to set up their ambush for Cobra. They handcuff blood to a radiator. Back in Brooklyn, as the Cobra's prepare to storm the shack, Snake Eyes gets into a battle suit to fight off the Cobras. As he does so, Venom throws a switch, allowing him to control the Joe, which he uses to knock Quinn out. Venom has some troopers place the unconscious man into their battlesuit, which Cobra Commander then sends in to attack the Joe base. Steeler asks how they're going to get the fort they've built up to the surface. Hawk tells them they've built it onto the lifts so they can lift it up to the surface. Clutch and Breaker have taken the blindfolded Major Blood and Scarface for a perimeter check, in quotes, while the Joes get the Joe base to the surface. As the Cobras attack, just as Clutch and Breaker drive into the fortress, and the Cobras blasting away the motor pole, revealing the G.I. Joe base. The expected battle ensues as Larry brings out some more toys he needs to get us to buy. As the Cobra takes out the battle pods, the Cobra battle armors begin to arrive attacking the Joes. Snake Eyes begins overcoming the suit's programming and tries to turn the weapon against Cobra. Once revealed that it won't work, fire on Cobra Blue. Venom has Quinn attack his partner. Scene of vulnerability, Snake Eyes shoots through his training bolts on Quinn's suit, freeing the Eskimo. A little more battle ensues, and Blood is able to escape Joe custody by shooting Flag leaving Scarface behind. In the showdown with Dr. Venom and Quinn, Venom shoots Quinn in the back. The Eskimo falls to the ground, releasing a grenade that blows Dr. Venom up. Then provides Joe base, blows up, with Scarface inside. Hawk is ready to celebrate the Joe's victory when he's presented with Quinn's weasel skulls and flags dog's eggs. The end. So a lot happened. We had some deaths in this issue. Uh, since you are our guest, Brad, why don't you go ahead and tell us your thoughts, uh, Let's start with the cover. What do you think about the cover on this one?
3: Oh, I think the cover is a classic. It's um, they did a commercial for this cover, this issue, Correct. I believe, didn't they?
1: Yes, I um, played it last episode.
3: Yeah, the uh, this you know picture yourself as an eight or a nine year old walking into the the, 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 the corner store and seeing it on the news rack, you know, you, on the newsstand. You want to pick it up and start flipping through it, and you know, you could talk about just the the. The composition alone, you know, on, on an artistic level, you have this great three point, you know, sort of triangular composition, which is, you know, such a such a I- iconic thing for comics where you have Destro in the uh, sort of at the top of the pyramid and all the action kind of flowing from beyond there. And I also like the fact that all the Joes on the cover are all part of the original team, you know, and this is one of the things right. where I, I mentioned it in my email to Aaron where it said you know, 19 is my favorite issue for th- that reason. Uh, which we we can get into a little deeper, but it it kind of represents sort of an end of an era for GI Joe and the start of a new one.
2: Yeah. Well, Brad. Oh, I was going to say, Brad. Who is the the main focus there? It is, is that Hawk? Is that Grunt? In the front
3: of the thing, it looks like it looks yeah. like Grunt.
2: That's it has to be Grunt to because us, yeah. you've
3: got you got from left to right, you got Scarlet, you got Zap, Grunt, Breaker, uh, Stalker, and Rock and Roll, who are kind of. Yeah, that's, you know, isn't, isn't that, that's flash first. though, right oh flash sorry yeah yeah flash yeah that. flash on the yeah. second from the left
0: yeah.
1: yeah yeah i'd agree with that
3: yeah and it's, it's a great cover just it it sure tells you that you know stuff's gonna happen you know in, in this <laughs> issue it's not like you know it's not like uh, you know the you know, major blood on a bus or something like that or you know or just you know it's 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 a big it's a big huge battle like the type you used to have in your backyard with your toys and everything so it's you know, and it, it, if you've been reading the, the the book sequentially from this point on, you kind of get the sense that things are kind of coming to a header in this issue without even opening in the cover. You know, you know it's not going to just be people sitting around talking for 22 or 23 pages. There's going to be things blowing up, which is one of the reasons we read this comic.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Brad, out of if you had five Joe Colas to give out for this this cover, yes, I'm telling this from someone else. That's-
3: Five, out, of, out of on a scale of one to, <laughs> one to five. five. I'd, oh hell i'd have to give it a five i mean and it's it's it, when i think of gi joe comics this is one of the one the covers that pops into my mind of all of the 155 original issues. Okay. i think this is just this is sort of typifies what growing up in the 80s and reading gi joe and playing with the comics or reading the comics and playing with the toys was like it was the it was just that 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 scope of action that uh, that uh, kept drawing it back to it and 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 the characters as well
0: most definitely. Well, while we're here, uh, Kevin.
3: What are your thoughts on the cover?
0: Uh, I really like the cover. Uh, I like seeing the his tank uh, really, you know, being threatening and menacing. Uh, you know, a couple of things I, you know, I've noticed. Uh, I love how they show, I love comic book covers where they show everyone with their weapons, but kind of just shooting off in weird (laughs) directions. And I'm looking at Breaker and Stalker. I'm like, are they trying to kill Flash? (laughs) (laughs) But I just, I like the cover. I love it, which I assumed is Grunt, kind of like, you know, maybe in a retreat, but uh, I just think it's a great looking cover. But the thing that I thought was really interesting was the uh, uh, up in the uh, little left-hand corner instead of a picture of mm-hmm. grunt you have yeah. uh another picture of someone else and that is the um the fill-in editor at the time uh, linda grant and she also addresses uh herself and what she's doing uh in the post box the pit and she talks about uh also the uh, introduction of um what was it the the snake eyes um i guess little dossier that they do later in the episode issue. Uh, but yeah. I thought that was really cool that, uh, they that she got her, uh, her, her, her picture up in, on the GI Joe comic.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Apparently this, this month was assistant editor's month. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, Jim shooter, let her take control. And well, that's what happens when you pet a woman in charge. And I'm just, I don't need all that angry hate mail. No. <laughs> <laughs> you say something, Pat.
2: Oh, I was just going to, I was going to ask why is that why that was kind of different than the others out there but you guys answered that
1: <laughs> so kevin on a again between one to five joe
0: colas how many joe colas would you give this cover i would give it a five too this is one of the good covers up out there it it, uh, it tells the story of what's happening it's not vague right. you know like some are uh i mean i've got a lot of other um covers of gi joe that are some of my favorites as well that i would give five joe colas for but this was kind of the this was the issue that was building you know um cobra was on the on, on the trail trying to find the headquarters and uh right. and, and this tells you everything you know it's action-packed you know what you're going to get out of it And when you read the issue it it the, the cover doesn't lie <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: yeah no pat guess what your turn buddy what do you, what do you think about this cover right. what are your thoughts yes.
2: I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with the, the guys here. I think it's a great action shot. Looking at this, you know what's going to happen in this issue, and it definitely it's not one of those. Hey, we're going to give you this action shot, and then guess what? None of this happens. In <laughs> um, the coloring on this, the more you look back at some of these older um, issues just, uh, I like to look back at the color and just how they, you know, they color it and make it pop. You know, it's a purple hiss tank, but right. it works. <laughs> and it just, you know, it plays off of the other colors that are going on and ju- the laser colors and just a great cover overall for me. Um, I had a few questions. I was wondering, I didn't know if that was Hawk or if that was Grunt. It's, to me, I, I still don't know. I would think it'd be Hawk, but... Are you? <laughs> I would say it's Grunt because a little more
1: generic looking. Plus, it yeah. falls in with Brad was saying about being the original
0: line of Joes. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Plus, he's clutching the M sixteen, which was the weapon that the action figure came with. Yeah. So it's
0: That was um, my first action figure. It was yeah. Grunt. That was <laughs> would, would, Grunt. Yeah. With that, no with no swivel arm battle grip. <laughs> I had this. I I had the
3: same. I, I got. I think I got Grunt, Snake Eyes, and Breaker all at the same time, and they were all the the non swivel arm. So their thumbs broke off easily.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I got a lot of Joes with no thumbs.
1: <laughs> yeah, from what I heard, it seemed to be a common thing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so out of one to five Joe Colas, there, uh, Pat, what would you give this one?
2: I'm going to give it a five as well. So five Joe Colas for me. How about you, Aaron? Well,
1: I'm going to give it one Joe Cola. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I didn't want to be different, but no. I unfortunately, I guess I have to agree with th- you know everything you guys have said. I'm going to echo. Uh, yeah, this is definitely a Five Joe cola cover. Like you guys, you guys have covered it all. I mean, it's, it's very action packed. We got explosions. We got Destro there in charge, you know, ordering them to attack. We got the Joes attacking. We got yeah. Apparently, uh, Flash is upset. Stalker and Breaker, so they're firing at him. Keep him on his toes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we do. We do see rock and roll firing at the, hit the tank. He's the only uh, Flash, one that's hitting it. <laughs> Flash is hitting yeah. up into the distance somewhere. He's maybe that's why they're firing at Flash because he's shooting off in the air for some reason. <laughs> to not quite attempt. sure. Hey, hey, stupid wrong way. <laughs> but no, it's a very yeah, it's a very action. I mean, for a, a picture, it's very action packed, very action oriented, and, and like I think Brad said, it tells you what you're going to expect in this comic. I mean, this is not going to be a slow, meandering comic. This is going to be full of action. Something's going to happen this this issue. So let's go and move on to uh, Brad and your thoughts about the actual comic itself. What are your thoughts and feelings about it?
3: Well, you know, when people... Well, when you or others have asked, well, what is it about issue 19 that makes it your favorite? Uh, or certainly one of your favorites. I'll say it is my favorite. and I think because it demonstrates... Um, when 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 the Geo comic was really, really on its game, like, why you actually picked up this book and read it. And it, it does so much plate spinning in only 22 pages. Uh, and I think it's an, an, an example of how good a writer Larry Hama is because there's elements that are introduced in this comic for the first time and you never really see them again. Um, on the first panel, on the first page, you have them building what's essentially going to be revealed to be yeah. Uh, if you know the toy, the G.I. Joe headquarters, commuter, uh, that's basically what they're building. And, you know, you think of Larry, who's already designed and sort of put the story together and said, OK, the, the G.I. Joe headquarters is the pit. It's beneath the chaplain's assistant school at Fort Wadsworth, Staten Island, New Jersey, uh, New York. Sorry, I should know that since I live in New York. Um, but... You know, they, he'd already established that, and then Hasbro pulls out. Oh, we've got the new toy. It's the GI Joe headquarters, and you got to put it in the comic because you're writing a licensed property to sell toys. So, and I think there's just a real creative burst of inspiration on his part to so, say, okay, how am I going to incorporate the 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 this GI Joe base into my comic, the comic that I've been writing for? you know 19 issues
1: the last 18 well, issues on on, a covert yeah. group hiding under the ground and, yeah and then you have you know, a base stick oh, you know,
3: like up there and
1: you have this big base gi joe flag and stickers all over it yeah <laughs> <Stop>. yeah
3: <laughs> yeah well i mean we, we get into the issue there's there's some sort of minor little story <laughs> issues i have with it reading it as an adult right now but i won't get into that right here but and there's things like the uh, the the snake suit battle armor same thing. They appear in this issue. They serve their purpose in this issue, and we don't see them again. Same right. as the uh, the pack rats, the little uh, remote-controlled uh, weapons that mm-hmm. they send out. Same thing. They're introduced. They serve their purpose. They get destroyed. That's it. Uh, but the thing about this issue that really just you know makes it my favorite is it feels almost like a like a conclusion to the very first act or the first arc of the GI Joe comic book series that the Elements and characters that are introduced in the first issue and the second issue, in particular, with Quinn, kind of get paid off here. Like it's been a very long, you know, drawn-out kind of kind of road, but it it feels almost like an ending um, for it. And but the main reason I love it is because it almost represents kind of a last hurrah of that original grouping of the GI Joe team. You know, pretty much everybody from the original, from the first issue, with a couple of exceptions, really, you know, makes an appearance and has something to do in this issue. And after this issue, you don't really see that pairing again because then you start getting into Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow and the uh, yeah, Zartan and things kind of go into a bit of a different direction after this issue. And uh, you know, I think this one kinda represents the sort of the conclusion of the first great era of the G.I. Joe comic. Well,
1: they also start piling in more Joes and more Joes and Yeah, and,
3: you and the, the the original yeah people kind of get shunted off to the side and they kind of d- take a backseat. but you know for if you if you started reading the comic at this at this uh in this era you know it's it's sort of like the end of an era in a way because things change after this issue There's the one off of issue 20 and then then, then the infamous famous i guess uh, issue 21 silent right. interlude happens and that kind of kicked it into a whole other level when it when the, it really took off so yeah, I think that's. I think it's. I think it's a terrific issue, and it, because it again, it, it does so much in only twenty-two pages. There's, you know, battles. There's character development, and there's there's character payoffs in particular that, that uh, happen unexpectedly, and, you know, we say goodbye to four characters who've been with the series from, in 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 some cases from the first two issues.
1: Right. Well, that's one thing I, I compliment Larry on all the time, especially his last few last few issues. He's really for again for a 22 page book aimed at you know selling toys he's got these action packed he's got a lot a lot of stuff going on these issues so that's one thing I, I really got to give it up for uh, Larry is that yeah he, I say yeah, he, they, they tell me I'll you know, sell these toys and he does it in a very admirable yeah. and very I don't know it's, it's, yeah basically what you said, said Brad is it's a very good story mm-hmm. I like stories <laughs> <laughs> Pat, what
2: are your thoughts on this issue? Well, I do, I do, I do agree a lot with Brad on this. Uh, just the when I reread it again, it's like, oh man, it it is a sad moment to kind of see that storyline uh, of Quinn and uh, Doctor Venom uh, and and, uh, and Scarface all come to an end, and I was. It took me a while to realize I I forgot what happened to Flag. <laughs> I totally I'm like, "Oh, I, I that took me by surprise again. I, I was totally unaware um of how how he left, you know.
1: Yeah, I knew he died. Um, I just forgot when. I kept
2: the last few shows. I'm yeah. like, "I
1: know he dies at some point here soon, but when was that?" <laughs>
2: <laughs> um some of the things I like uh, funny moments in here is especially that first the first page the big splash page of those guys building right they all got their shirts off i I found like well, if you're gonna be building a fort you got to make sure your shirts (laughs) yeah uh but also also you get a nice picture of the baroness her hair is still there yeah even though she was burnt a lot and you get snow job not in his normal uniform so i don't know if that's just somebody calling him out or if they needed to put a name with that guy, the Joe, but seems to make sense.
1: Yeah. Well, I said, unlike, uh, torpedo, I mean, uh, we, I guess we don't need to, you know, we don't need to recognize him out of his costume. You know, <laughs>
2: <laughs> I like how I like, um, Hawk's idea to fake, fake out the, fake out Cobra by thinking that it's just a, going to be a base you know, underneath the covering of the garage area. Right. Um, They had me at the screen, at the side shot of the base where you show, where they show all, you know, all five levels of it real quick. (laughs) Love the side cuts of those. Um, Again, just following the the ending story of of Quinn and Venom, really, really neat to see it come to a kind of end and how it did um, with that. Also another, I enjoy the toy placements. Um, they started getting a little more accurate on drawing the toys and what they were. Those snake armor, uh, the snake armor. I remember I having having that as a kid, and putting the Joe in there, and then you had to put the you know the, the front pieces and the back pieces, click them together. Mm. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> I always got mad when it fall apart. Always, you know, you take it in and out, take it in and out a couple different times, and all of a sudden it falls apart. <laughs> and uh, you right, I think you guys are right. You don't see these in action anymore again. No. And then only no. in the cartoon we <clears throat> saw them Yeah. A few times. I, th- I think the the base. What we'll
3: call the base from the, the toy that they're building in the, <laughs> the top. I think it shows up a few issues later in twenty three or twenty four up in the mountains where they're building twenty four. Yeah, I think it shows up and after that it never shows up after that. It's just think you know, he used it a couple of times. He fulfilled his contractual obligation to show <laughs> off the toy and he moved on because he had to introduce things like the hovercraft and the hydrofoil and just you know, every two or three issues he had to introduce more toys.
2: Definitely mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And he did it really well. Oh, yeah, definitely. The way he, he utilized what he could for the toys and made them apart. I the His Tank. Man, I, that's a, to me today, This that vehicle is still a pretty cool vehicle. Yeah. Oh, you can't go wrong with that thing. I'll take, I'll, I think I'd take that over the Joe Tank. <laughs> uh, and then the, the Pack Rats. I forgot about those little guys.
1: <laughs> I think he was a three pack. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: And that's how they're here, a little three-pack, get them out there again. Yeah, get them out
1: there, sell the toy, and okay, we're done with it.
2: <laughs> Otherwise, you know, it was a, just a uh, – I found myself reading it more through than stopping to take notes, which is a good sign. Oh, yeah. Because that means I was really invested in uh, what was happening. Well, yeah, normally on that, what I do
1: is I usually read through it, and then I'll go back through and read it again
2: for notes. I'm
1: like, well, i like, i got to finish reading this. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um. I like how they show, you know, how blood gets away. Um, How did did he get the keys? He gets the keys from He knocks Doc. Doc. He gets Doc in the head. Yeah. But then when you look in the cell, Doc's like way over on the other side of the wall. Don't look too closely. Where his body is. (laughs) And then, yeah, of course, uh, General Flag dying and, and... Blood's, Blood's a savage guy as well, yeah. too. He shoots the the, the Fang helicopter guy in the back just to get <laughs> to the, you think he would have just at least left him alone or something.
1: Well, see, in, in I've, I've got a question about that. He says as he's taken off, he says the Fang only has room for two. Mm-hmm. It actually is in the room for three, the pilot, plus one on each skid. In fact, it seems like it would fly it better with a second person on the other skid instead of it seems like having the Baroness on one Balance. side. Major yeah. Blood is
0: very selfish.
3: Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So you,
1: you didn't have to shoot the guy on the roof. You go, you hold him to the side, and that'll balance it out, and we'll freak out of here. But that's well, one thing I want to read through the story.
3: The funny thing I just noticed now was, and this is maybe a bit of a whiffed opportunity on Larry's part, but you know, Major Blood does just shoot a five-star general and kill him. I mean, that would put him on the top of... Uh, you know, every most wanted list in the country, you not know, oh, the yeah. around the world, and you know it's it's a, something that never really gets uh, it. It follows what I call GI Joe logic, where it, it makes sense <laughs> in the context of the issue, but a few issues down the road, you're probably not going to think of it that much, and then maybe Larry will come around and say, "Hey, I never did any, I never did pay that off. Let me do a do a new story arc or something about that." Yeah, way down the road, of course, I'm just I'm just looking.
1: Does well, I guess he would have to assume it's blood. He's the only one there. I'm not like, what well, does he know? The blood did it, cause he was knocked out when it happened. But uh, so yeah, there's only blood yeah. in Scarface, and Scarface is still handcuffed. I guess you'd have to assume it's blood. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's true.
1: And Kevin, what are your thoughts
2: on this?
0: Oh man, if you were collecting the toys, you're getting a payoff here, cause you know when you when you see them in the cartoon, and then there's something special about seeing them in. In the comic book, because to me the comic book was something I took more seriously. It felt a little more grounded in reality, you know. Right. Uh, even though I loved both, you know, and so it was nice to see that. And and uh, you know, the, my my problem my problem with the G.I. Joe headquarters was is like, what if you attacked it from behind? <laughs> so that's why I thought the Cobra Terror drone was a better design. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I loved, uh, I wasn't, I honestly, I wasn't a fan of the pack rats uh, as toys, but it was nice to see them in the, in the, in the comic here, but I love the snake battle armor. But I, and I remember when you bought it, it had that weird little tiny plastic skeleton thing that sort of kept it together. Right. So the <laughs> best thing you had oh, to do yeah. is pick a GI Joe or some figure and stick it in there and then it would stand upright. But I love the use of it. And especially the fact that, uh. Venom tricked uh, Snake Eyes and uh, uh, Quinn into getting in there, and then he can control it and uh, attack uh, attack the Joes. But I just I love the Snake Battle Armor. Uh, the GI Joe Finest actually has acquired uh, a, a, a actual one one point one replica of the Snake Battle Armor, and, and I'm looking forward to seeing that in person at oh. Joe So, oh. yeah, it's really cool. It's it's a beast to move because uh, it's it's it's. Um, constructed really well, but uh, once you see it in person, it's it's really really cool. Um, I liked um, I liked the fact that and, and, and correct me real quick, guys, if I'm wrong. This is the first time we get some major deaths going on here. Is this right?
3: I think so. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. A- and I remember when I was reading this for the first time, I was devastated losing Quinn because the previous episode or issues, excuse me. Uh, I was really invested in that whole real Lindo, um, Snake Eyes yeah, and right. Quinn, <laughs> Quinn and Venom Roadshow. It kind of turned out to be it. I really love <laughs> It's still one of my favorite comic story arcs of all time. And, you know, how can you not fall in love with Quinn? He was great and to see him die i was just like no you know i didn't i didn't yeah i i i was expecting venom to eventually die of course and scarface uh general flag caught me off guard too um and so yeah and you made a good point earlier about how this is the issue that kind of um is the closing chapter of the original joes and a lot of the stuff that was going on with them and cobra um so i thought that was really cool um and uh I liked the uh, at the end of the comic where we did get the GI Joe classified Snake Eyes pinup, which I thought was interesting. Uh, and I'm trying to remember, did we see a lot more of these later on? Uh, I know we'd see in the, like the annuals they would have. Yeah,
3: I think uh, way like much much later down the the road they did they did. Something like that. It was sort of as an extension of the order of battle, where they'd have a more of an extended right. biography of the okay. characters. But that's a long way down the road.
0: But he, you know, and this was one of the episodes too, where I was, you know, I'm a, a big fan of Major Blood, and I just like how swarmy he is, and you know, he'll mm. he'll shoot anyone in the back to get what he needs done. And uh, I loved his story arc, and I'm, I was glad that he didn't die. Uh, <laughs> but I, I liked his decision making of yeah, I'd rather I'd rather take the Baroness back to Cobra instead of you scarface, because you know this is a better bargaining tool for me, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, so I was like you know in knowing that the Baroness is still alive and i I love how the, there's that one little line between Cobra Commander and Destro, and Cobra almost kind of slips yeah. about about the Baroness being alive or not. <laughs> <laughs> you know so it's it's a great episode uh, issue and i you know it, it is the closing chapter of i guess the original kind of joe run and uh you know i, I think it was a kind of a good conclusion and before it starts to kind of expand and and show you some other um some other great story arcs that come up in the issue of the 20s and such
1: very nice yeah and like saying again just to parrot you guys that's why glass doesn't make, make much work no uh, no i think you guys are absolutely on point i mean I, like I said in my synopsis, you know, Larry had to throw some toys in here. He had to get the pit, he had to get the, the pack rats, he had to get the snake armor. And I think he did them all like like he has said effectively. I mean, when you're when you're under orders to show these certain things that may not fit in, like I said, the base doesn't fit in what Larry's doing. But Larry being the pro he is, he fitted in there. And like Pat said, I also like how when they do the cutaways and they show the different levels of the pits. Thought that was a nice uh, touch. Another um, thing I was going to comment in here, I say we saw the we saw the snake armor back in the uh, what was it? The first miniseries for the GI Joe cartoon. Yeah. And when they you know, when Snake Eyes, yeah, they we were going after the the art stuff in the Arctic.
2: <laughs> the crystals. Yeah.
1: But yeah, it's very much Doctor Venom to you know, lie and the weasel spirit of the weasel lives in his belly. Uh, Tricks snake eyes into getting the armor and then Hicks can be like, no, this just uh, this activates it, yeah.
4: Yeah, that's it, ticket. Yeah. It's
1: like, guys, come on, seriously, don't trust him. You, you can't trust Dr. Venom. I mean, his name is Dr. Venom, for God's sake. And you don't turn your back
0: on him.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. and <just> yeah, <laughs> I, you would have thought by now they would have learned that. <laughs> How many times... Is don't trust him. Don't trust him. Do- don't turn your back.
3: His name's Dr. Venom. You, know, yes. you don't trust somebody with a name like Dr. Venom. That's
1: what I was, that's what I was saying. Yeah, you don't trust the one. He's got the name for a reason. Venom's not a good thing. Uh, not only do I like the hiss, I also like the, the Fang helicopters. Uh, not as much as like the Trouble Bubbles, but I, I really like the Fang helicopters. They're, they're, I like the toy and I like the, the way they look. Whenever I see them like on the cartoon or in the comic, it just makes me smile. I don't know what it is. Um, it's not numbered, but when Snake Eyes is in the uh, the Snake armor, and they're flashing back to when he was in the brainwave scanner, I like that little panel there where they're they're showing him hooked to the machine and his mind just trying to break out of the loop. I thought that was an interesting mm-hmm. uh, panel showing how he's trying to break out. And then and another question: Cobra Blue, is that something you, you can buy at the store? Is that An actual. <laughs> The, the tags are cobra blue. It won't work on any cobra blue. Can I get that color at the store? Can I go to
2: the tall <laughs> store? Yeah, well, sure. Cobra blue. It, it goes back to, it goes back to like I said, a, you know, a few issues back or whatever, where cobras. You just got that money. <laughs> So he's got to use that. Paint it all blue. Let's go with the blue. There's <laughs> like sh- a big. Sale. Blue, but it's a special blue. It's, it's, a co- it's got its own color.
0: <laughs> jo- jo- the Joe should have painted everything blue. They would have got shot by the uh, snakes.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, well, well, the only person that knows about that snake eyes, and well, he's not saying anything. But uh, and I do like there. Then when it comes down to the conversation between Venom and Quinn, and Doctor Venom does what he does and shoots him in the back, and I like they turn to rays like. No, there was no longer left to me venom. I made my peace with the weasel. Quinn will not harm you while he lives. That I promise. And then he dropped and, what's that in his hand? Looks like a grenade? Falling from a dead man's hand. Boom! Uh, it's, it's just very, like I said, right after that, the next page with the, the G.I. Joe headquarters exploding. It just, overall, yeah, I say it, it's, it's the endings of, like well, I said, we lost, you know, several characters that have been on the, in the comics since issue two. Uh... Like I say, Quinn started out, you would probably think he's just like a throwaway character, and he keeps showing back up, and he's, I, I don't know, again, I wasn't reading the comics at the time, but I would think he's probably a fan favorite. I know that everyone here tends to like him, so. <laughs> and another, like we've talked about before, I'm surprised they didn't come off a toy of him sooner than they did. And maybe just because he, it was probably something that I'm assuming Larry created for the comic, and that's why Hasbro didn't create a toy for him, it was what I'm assuming. Yeah. One of the best characters, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm surprised what we didn't see. And you know what? Thing yeah, I don't know. Again, this was well, back before the internet, before you got instant yeah. communication. I don't know how well it was put forth to the world at large that Quinn was a popular character.
2: Yeah, yeah, or maybe he they didn't do it because did Larry say, "Hey, this is my story that I'm going to do with this guy," and because you know, Ven- Doctor Venom didn't get one either. Right?
1: No, no. Neither did Scarface, which we've talked about. Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm, I'm sure somebody at Hasbro said dead, dead characters don't sell toys. So <laughs> if you already, you already killed those guys off, so we can't. Yeah. I mean, you, you thought you thought they uh, killed the Baroness off, but they didn't. And Hasbro's like, oh, let's make a toy of so, <laughs> yeah, it. So could have just been something simple like that.
4: Yeah,
1: and I, and I like that the last page, the <clears throat> third panel up, when there, there's that row of Joe's. Like, speaking of loss, everyone accounted for all here except for Clutch Breaker, Doc, and Snake Eyes. And here they come in the van. Why the long fellas? Why the long faces, fellas? We just won a major victory. I just like the way that ends. And they're handing you know, flags, dog tags over, and Quinn's Weasel Skull necklace. And I just love I said we haven't talked a whole lot to R, but yeah, I love that look on, on Hawk's face there. And he's just like, oh. <laughs> But, yeah, it's a very fitting – again, not really end because, yeah, the story continues. But, yeah, the end to the original 13 characters and a good – if you have to send Quinn off, I think it was a good send-off for Quinn. He he got his revenge on Venom and a good way to end his story, I think. Um, What do you guys have any other thoughts on this, Brad? Brad? Uh,
3: well, just as a general observation, I know I brought up Joe logic or G.I. Joe logic earlier, but this is a pretty major battle happening in a major New York City borough in what looks like broad daylight. There's tanks, there's helicopters, there's jets. I've I've not I've not been to Fort Wandsworth. I've driven past it on the Arizona Narrows Bridge and kinda of looked down and you know, there's a lot of suburbs around there. So it's just one of those things maybe not so much back then, but it's just one of those things that, you know, if you if you spend a lot of time really picking it apart and you're like oh okay so it's maybe not quite the same layout you can see the manhattan skyline in the background of some panels and but then again new yorkers are kind of you know been there done that scene that so it may <laughs> not have seemed so unusual for them back in the early 80s <laughs> to have a big pitched battle happening on uh on uh on on, on staten island um and the only other thing i wanted to note was actually you only, you'll you only find this if you have the original uh, single issue but uh, in post Box the Pit they teased um, they said this little box is his next issue we don't want to give too much away about this one but it's Larry Hama's come up with one of the most unusual stories you'll ever read and I think that's a teaser for 21 when it was probably scheduled to come right after this one but because mm-hmm. Larry was drawing it as well as taking a little too long, which is why next issue's is a, is a is a one off with clutch. So that just, it just seemed like the the order was a little off
0: because yeah, I good thought,
3: catch. Well, yeah, I was like, well, yeah. you know, twenty was kind of different. I wouldn't call it strange or unusual, but twenty one well, certainly was. Certainly. Come up
1: with twenty Twenty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Like you no, you didn't. It was, it was, a, fill it was artist, yeah. a fill in artist. Yeah. Writer. Yeah.
3: So. Oh yeah.
1: yeah. I didn't really look at the next issue box. I, I glanced through the post box, the pit. But yeah, I. Yeah, I didn't catch that, but that is very good catch. Yeah, it's obviously talking about issue 21, which apparently was just issue 20 at one point. And yeah, I would assume, yeah, because they got behind or whatever, they ended up doing this, a yeah. filler issue, which we'll talk about next month. But. Yeah, very nice catch. Uh, Kevin, do you have any other thoughts on this
0: issue? Uh yeah, I you know one of the things I love looking about at these old comics is looking at the ads, and I know this isn't GI Joe related, but I have to mention this one ad that uh, is on the same. It's on the left side where you see um, Quinn picking up one of the the, the pack rats to attack a his tank. And it's uh, showing a really interesting toy line that I vaguely remember called the Saga of Crystar, Crystal oh, yeah. Warrior yeah. Action Figure Collection from Remco. Oh, yeah. I vaguely <laughs> and, remember that one. And you have Crystar, the Crystal Warrior. Then you have Moltar, the Lava Warrior. Feldspar embodies good versus evil. Then you had Zardeth, the evil wizard. Magma Man, the Lava Warrior. Warbow. It was the crystal warrior kind of looked like a uh, version of um, Gr- um green arrow and then you had uh ogo the good wizard and it says collect them all available at participating kmart the saving place <laughs> 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 never bought those but i vaguely remember them but that you know when you look through these gi joe comics and you see ads for like bubble yum and all this stuff it's 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 definitely a um, throwback of good times that i had collecting these comics and and um, this was a big deal. I, I really enjoyed the one um, panel, too, where it shows Major Blood uh, handcuffed to the jail. And then he uh, does this, uh, hits Doc to the back of the head. And I thought that was a really cool picture there of him, him doing that. Yeah. Uh, just, just a great issue overall. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of stuff going on. And a lot of characters highlighted, too. And, um, you know, it's interesting. You made the comment about visiting, uh, Staten Island. I remember when I was a kid, I had no idea where Staten Island was, but, uh, um, in the early two thousands, I remember making my first visit there and I got kind of excited, like, Oh, wait a minute. Where, where's the pit? Where's the pit? (laughs) Uh, totally worth that. Like 12 or $15, uh, um, toll bridge that I had to pay. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) At least it seemed like it was that much, but, uh, yeah, I, it, it was, uh, it was a great issue. And, uh, uh, it, it got me excited for what was kind of next. So I was kind of figured like, where? When I was reading this for the first time, I was like, where are they gonna go with this? Uh, so I was really, really curious because I always read the uh, Post Office Box, the Box, the Pit too, and I loved all the stuff in there. And I wish I had written in. And uh, but I was kind of curious about what was gonna happen next.
3: I actually did write in, but that's a story for another day. <laughs> <laughs> did you get? I published? never. I never got published. No, oh. no, I was, I was, I was trying to win a no prize. So, because uh, I, I caught an error, but that was issue forty-four. So we're uh, a little oh. way away from that.
1: A little bit. And Pat, do you have any final thoughts on this
2: issue? Um, just that I'm, I'm gonna agree with Kevin on that. The, the, the artwork in here is just uh, really good. Uh, to having all that action and all the different characters and. And such, just the, the art was very, I think, very well done to relay that message. And then, like Kevin said, that picture of blood uh, knocking out Doc, I, that one really does stand out as a really drawn, really good drawn picture. I think there' a lot of detail on that one was, is there. Uh, other than that, um, yeah, I don't have anything else. But uh, for Saga of Christar, that was a... Marvel had a comic line for a little while on that. Well,
0: okay.
2: And yeah, there was a lot of cross-promotion
0: with those toys and yeah. comics with Marvel. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah.
3: But not many of them were as successful as G.I. Joe. No, I guess Transformers did okay for a bit.
1: I was going to say, besides Transformers, I don't know if anyone was really as successful as G.I. Joe. But I you I mean I don't have anything further to add. You guys have summed it up. It's a fantastic artwork. It's been a great story. It's just Yeah, I agree with you guys about the Major Blood knocking out Doc. That's a great panel. It's very detailed and Yeah, just again, if you know someone named Doctor Venom, don't trust them. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> but beyond that, I guess we're gonna be done with this with this, this issue. This is the point where I normally call a break. We play some ads for some other podcasts. And then we'll come back for the cartoon. We're still going to do all that. But before we do that, I just have a quick little uh, thing I want to play. Uh, as I said at the beginning of the show, Jared wasn't able to join us due to family obligations. He was young. his brother Jason Albrick, yeah, another Albrecht, uh, join us. But things fell through. Times got told wrong. Time zones messed things up, you know. So Jason wasn't able to join us, unfortunately. But uh, then, uh, Quinn... Quinn is a big fan, or a big, not a big fan, but a, a big inspiration to Jason. Jason's a big fan of Quinn. So, Jason Albrick, a brother of the Yard Cell Artist, sent me a little clip he wanted me to play. So, I'm going to play that. Uh, Jason, what do you have to say about Quinn? Hey guys, Jason Albrick here, aka Weasel Skull from the Long Box Crusade. Yo, Joe, I really like your show. And I just wanted to say how much I'm looking forward to uh, you guys' recap of
3: GI Joe issue number 19, which features the death of my man Quinn. And uh, for those of you not in the, who may not be in the know, uh, Quinn the Eskimo is the inspiration behind old Weasel Skull here because I really dug
1: his Weasel Skull necklace. Rest in peace, Quinn. Yo, Joe, take it to Cobra. And uh, keep listening to the show. Love you guys. Thanks for those kind words, dear Jason. Yes, Quinn will be missed by all of us. And this is going out to all the listeners out there. If you guys have any thoughts that you want to give me about Quinn, if you want to email me, leave it on the Facebook page, the blog, or send me an mb 3 for your thoughts. And I'll play on the next episode. Maybe next episode at the beginning with we'll a little memorial for Quinn. If I get enough material from you guys, so let me know what do you guys think? Do you guys miss Quinn? Did you guys like Quinn? Send me your thoughts again. Either. Leave it at the Facebook page, the blog page. Email me at G.I. Joe at HeadSpeaks.com. And uh, let me know what you think about Quinn the Eskimo and his passing. That or anyone else. Dr. Venom. General Flag. Flag. Yeah, flag or anything else happened this episode. Look forward to hearing from you. Now, let's go in here hear from those commercials, those lovely podcasts I Burn a Promo. And then we'll get back to G.I. Joe the Cartoon.
3: G.I. Joe will return after these messages.
4: Rocketed as a baby from the doomed planet Krypton, young Kal-El was found by a kindly couple and raised as Clark Kent. He discovered that he possessed powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men, and thanks to the upbringing he received from the Kents, He vowed to use those powers to help all mankind. This, in a nutshell, is the origin of Superman. And while the specific details have changed over the years, the overall idea of the origin has remained the same. My name is Michael Bailey, and I host a podcast called It All Comes Back to Superman. It All Comes Back to Superman is the monthly reaffirmation of my Kryptonian faith. And since it is Superman's 80th birthday in 2018... I thought it would be fun to look at how Superman's origin has changed and evolved over the years. In an eight-part series I'm calling Superman: Superman Many, many lives, lives, Many Origins. Many Lives, Many Origins will go decade by decade and see how the Man of Steel's backstory was portrayed in the comics, on the radio, on television, and in the movies. How has Krypton changed over the decades? What about the Kents? I'll also be looking at the origins of some of my favorite members of Superman's rogues gallery, such as Lex Luthor, Brainiac, and Metallo. Superman. Superman. Many, many lives, lives, many origins. An examination of the backstory of the Man of Steel to celebrate his 80th year. This eight-part series starts on April 30th, 2018. You can find It All Comes Back to Superman and the other shows in the Fortress of Bailey Dude Podcasting Network at www. Dot fortress of dot com.
5: here we are born to be kings we the princess.
0: And this is Kevin Reitzel, one of your co-founders and co host of the Fandom Podcast Network, where you can find an awesome variety of great podcasts on that feed. You can find us at fpnet.podbean.com. You can also find us on Facebook, the Fandom Podcast Network. Fandom Podcast Network can be found on all your podcast catchers, including iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and Google Play for your Android users. Feel free to email us at fandompodcastnetwork at gmail.com. You can find such great shows like our Highlander podcast with my co-host, Norman C. Lau. That is the Blood of Kings podcast. You can also find our weekly fandom show, The Culture Clash, uh, with my fellow co-host and co-founder, Mr. Kyle Wagner. We have other great shows there like Good Evening, our Alfred Hitchcock podcast. We also have Couch Potato Theater, which looks back at those great movies you will not get off the couch for. And, of course, we have Time Warp, which is another way to celebrate our other great fandoms of of great cartoons and movies. So make sure you check that out. The Fandom Podcast Network, great, great place for finding great podcasts. Please join us. There can be only one.
2: has been challenged to read all the comics he has collected this podcast will summarize review and reminisce about a single comic book issue and the time period somewhat chronologically by release date he keeps a stack of comics near his bedside when the time is right. Who is this interesting comic fan and what is the podcast? Hello, my name is Pat. I don't normally do podcasts about the comic books I read, but when I do, I podcast about them on The Longbox Crusade. Listen to it on iTunes, Stitcher, or on thelongboxcrusade.com and check out the Facebook page. Read them all, my friends. Hi, I'm Larry Hama, and you're
3: listening to G.I. Joe, a real American headcast. Yo, Joe. G.I. Joe.
1: And welcome back. Uh, We're here to talk about G.I. Joe the cartoon. But before we get that far, one thing I forgot to bring up earlier. Uh, Either last episode or the episode before we were talking and I think uh, Pat, I think you asked about our buddy Paul Hicks and which dreadnought he would be.
2: Oh, yeah. Did he answer? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I asked, asked him on Facebook, and it took him a while. He asked about something else. I'm like, did I upset you with that? Because he seemed to not answer me back on there. Goes, oh, no, it's apparently he wasn't a fan of uh, the G.I. Joe. Joe, okay. So, yeah, he's not really familiar with the Dreadnoughts. Uh, but what did he say? Because, yeah, I messaged him, and then I say it was a couple weeks later, he messaged me about another show he's doing. And I'm like, oh, I didn't offend you in my Dreadnought comment. <laughs> he's like, no, no offense, thank you. I'm just not familiar with them. He said he thinks that the one with the cinder block camera looks really cool, which would be ro- uh, that it? Road, road Pig, Road Pig, yes. Road Pig. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I
2: got
1: a question for you. It was, it was like two weeks later. For I got my oh, my dreadlock question didn't offend you. Said, no, no offense. I'm not familiar with him, but yeah, he he thinks uh, road, lo- or road, road Pig looks really cool. So
0: I, I got a I got a friend of mine in the GI Joe finest club that did a great road pig because this guy is like stacked he's got these muscles and uh, he did a really awesome version uh, and the the guys who all dress up as the um, dreadnoughts uh, will often get together for like the dragon con um, oh, parade oh, oh. which is really cool he also did a really good big boa as well oh <laughs> very nice
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, I wish I could get
1: to one of those that sounds fun man. Yeah. well let's go ahead and move on to the cartoon
5: the enemy fighting to save the day
1: he never gives up he's always there fighting
5: for
1: freedom over land and air GI Joe. Joe is the code name for America's daring highly trained special mission force its purpose to defend human freedom against Cobra a ruthless terrorist organization determined to
4: rule the world
5: Never gives up, He'll stay till the fight's won. GI Joe GI Joe. GI
1: Joe. Okay, this is episode seven. This is entitled Red Rocket's Glare, written by Mary Screens. So I'm gonna pronounce it's probably wrong, but that's how I'm pronouncing it. Uh, the first air date was September the 24th of 1985. Our story starts with a condo roadblock following an Indian lab to the jungle. The boys delivering a small device to, De- to Destro at their jungle temple. The Joes use the bridge layer. And I'm wondering, is this the bridge layer's first appearance? Not sure. To get across the ravine to the temple. Even though Blowtorch comes in saying to fire everything in sight, Destro was able to escape with a nose cone. Destro takes the trouble bubble to Cobra Commander and the twins and presents them the Photon Disintegrator. Roadblock and Wakando take a two weeks rest and relaxation to visit Roblox's uncle and aunt on the coast. When they arrive, they find out his uncle and aunt have opened up a Red Rocket burger joint. His uncle Caleb lets Marvin know that their business is doing poorly due to some bikers with ray guns harassing their customers. The two Joes drive the bikers off, back to the Cobra handlers, the twins. The twins say that number 104 is the last drive they need to buy back. We cut to a lawyer buying a Red Rocket back from another couple before he is sent to buy back Caleb's restaurant. By any means necessary. Back at the restaurant, a whale shows up with Lady J, Cutter, and Flint. When Mr. Quig, the lawyer, shows up, Roadblock throws him out. He then signals some televipers, which he said before going in, to attack the restaurant. The Joes do what Joes do and kick them cobra butt, chasing them off. Brecker finds out that the rocket, Red Rocket is part of an extensive enterprise and that they're buying back all of the Red Rockets. The Joe show up at Extensive Enterprises and threaten the twins. When the ten twins claim innocence, Flint suggests they leave. As they walk out, he says they'll come back after hours. Lady J breaks in and encounters the twins, the three of them jumping out of the window and landing on the skids of the helicopter. The weight is too much and they plummet to the ground. Jay uses her staff to grab the helicopter while the twin uses poles that comes out of the building to get to safety. From the helicopter, Flint sees a TV on a certain channel and has Breaker show them the broadcast. Cobra Commander is giving his ultimate to the United States that he'll use the Genesis device to destroy the city and return the world to nature. Roadblock uses the map that Cobra Commander shows to determine to the Red Rocket sites or where the missiles are at. The Joes launch a full-scale assault on the various sites. Roadblock crawls up at the rocket at his uncle's stand with the twins chasing him. None of them apparently have read any Captain America comics. They are fighting on the flying rocket when Flint blows the head off the rocket, leaving Roadblock and the twins to land in the ocean. The story ends with Uncle Caleb feeding our heroes in his new restaurant, The Joe's Place, with Roadblock taking us out on a Orion. So that was the uh, episode seven, Red Rocket's Glare. Again, as the guest, Brad, what are your thoughts on this uh, episode?
3: Well, since we just discussed 19, issue 19, and now we're going to this is like the sublime to the ridiculous, which uh, kind of tip, kind of typifies uh, a lot of uh, the that the the groin po- the groin pull po- you get when you're switching from the comic to the uh, to the cartoon. I you know I remember I watched the cartoon uh, when it went week weekly or daily actually uh, in 1985. I had just moved to North Carolina, so I remember it airing then, but. So I'm sure I saw this episode back then, but I had no memory of it until I watched it yesterday. Um, and it sort of has everything about the comic, about the cartoon. That if you're a diehard fan of the comic, you just that is really, really great. And kind of gets great, great. Jizz. It, it's it's sort of silly. It's it's aimed at kids, not you know, not a somewhat older audience. I think, I re- watching it, I realized how much the comic kind of ruined the cartoon <laughs> for me. Because, because watching the cartoon now, I'm like, yeah, it's silly, it's cheesy, but it's it's very much of its time. Um, you know, they had they had to you know tone down a lot of the violence, and they had to make it a little a little more a little lightweight. Um, you know, you have Roadblock and Tomax and Zatma riding a rocket. A blast off and you know the adults the, the, the adult brain says oh that would never work you know that they'd, they'd get thrown off or they get cut up by the uh, the exhaust or whatever but he just kind of buy into it um, you know I, I I will say I laughed because uh, the most with the uh, blowtorch, just the, the voice that Michael Bell, I guess had a sign to him because you know he can't sound like Duke but I was watching this thing going man you know i, I, I I've, I've seen I've, it, it's it's more it's a much broader Irish stereotype than a lucky charms box the way that you know, talking, you know but uh it was it was it was uh it was it was it had all the the, the flaws and all the the problems that the cartoon had but you got to love it for that because it it just kind of like uh, the, the the comic is very best it packs a lot of story into a very short period of time there's great little cliffhangers there's great little twists uh there's lots of action lots of in the case of the cartoon anyway lots of lots of silliness but it kind of has its own goofy charm that you just kind of have to get give yourself over to and just enjoy the ride
1: very good and uh pat what are your thoughts on this this episode
2: Well, I I do agree with Brad there that this is more of the lighter side of Joe. And then you have the, you know, darker side of Joe in the comics, which is a good, I think is a good blend because watching this, like Brad said too, I, I, I probably seen this episode several other times, but going through it again for the first time, it was like, it was my first time watching it again after seeing the fatal flurries or fluffies (laughs) Death and a dog that can dance. Hey, anything is possible. <laughs> anything. Oh, yeah. That yeah. was awesome. <laughs> well, I'm not denying that. That is awesome. <laughs> so, um and I think watching the cartoon gave you a little bit more uh as a kid I would think would give you a little more idea of here's how you can play with, you know, your figures because you would get, you know, figure placement here and there and right. just what they would you know, the vehicles and that too, them having to kind of showcase some of that stuff as well. But I, I, I enjoy the cartoon have, have a love for it. Just like I, you know, just like the comic, I'm more in the comic, of course, because I think you had better storytelling there and you could, the longer game was going on, which I like in my comics is the longer storytelling, the, right? uh, a few of my notes that I have, um, And these are looking at it through, uh, you know, silly adult eyes. I guess you're right. You know, why doesn't Destro have guards? It's a big pit around his thing, and (laughs) you know they just come and put the bridge down, and nobody notices. It's a temple too. It's like a a temple. You can stand. You know, go to the top of that temple and just have somebody (laughs) looking.
1: Yeah, Yeah, Korra likes his temples.
2: Yeah, uh, when Roblox and Rakondo put on the Hawaiian shirts. Oh, that was good. Uh, they should make they should make those into
0: <laughs> a two pack extra figures. figure. Yeah, I would totally they, buy that. Yeah. Are you
6: listening how to grow, You're sell. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um Marvin. Uh, Roblox not wanting to be called Marvin. <laughs> uh,
1: Guys, mom. Well, all right, Annie.
2: <laughs> and then I, I love his uh, comment back uh, when the bikers with their laser guns, laser <laughs> pistols come. Uh, he, you know, They call them these turkeys, and he goes, I'll be the turkey if you're going to be the stuffing. As a <laughs> Great <group>. line. Yeah. <laughs> I've got
6: that in my notes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry if I stole it then. No, that's fine. You know, and I'm like, okay, here's two guys in Hawaiian shirts. And you're gonna fend off a bunch of bikers that have laser pistols well, that shows then, it's they have cool. to, they have to get split and then go like then like they're being um you know videotaped by televipers <laughs> 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 they got like the video cameras on them and all that I'm like oh but televipers those guys are cool yeah uh I love that figure i i guess i'm i'm a I'm a sucker for communications <laughs> You know, Breaker, Dial Tone's my guy, and the Televipers are pretty cool guys. Let's see, another few of my, uh, speaking of toys as well too, the four-wheeler, that that was a cool, I can't, I can't remember what they called that thing, the Cobra four-wheeler. Does anybody the remember ferret? that? The ferret? Wasn't the ferret? Was that what? I'm not mistaken. I'll take your word for it. But I just thought that was a cool kind of vehicle. I always, always when I would drive a four wheeler, I'm like, man, I wish I had some rockets on this thing. (laughs) And yeah, I was just verifying online. Yeah, that's called the ferret. It is a ferret. Oh, I just call it the four wheeler. (laughs) Yeah. Um. Yeah
1: the box the box uh, shows uh, Storm Shadow and Firefly. uh,
2: Firefly and um, Storm Shadow,
1: Firefly on the on the ferret. Yeah. Free Sergeant Slaughter.
2: Why not um shoot take the whale out first before taking out the restaurant? Um, I didn't know why they didn't shoot at the whale first. And
1: maybe the whale was on the back side they couldn't see it from where they were at possibly. Mm-hmm.
2: It could be. That'd, that'd be my no price. Well, and then uh, oh somebody going to say something. I was
3: going to say that this is cobra we're talking about they're probably aiming yeah. at they're aiming at the at the hovercraft in the restaurant instead. <laughs>
2: Yeah, probably. Um, And then just, how do you not know that it's Tomax and Zamat in business suits (laughs) when you go meet them? And they talk the same. They have, you know, one's got a scar. And then,
1: well, I think they, I think they do know it's. uh, But seeing how they're putting up a uh, a a clean civilian front or whatever you want to call it, they can only do so much. And they, they know the Joes know that. The twins are involved and
2: who who the twins are, well, at least that's the way I read it all right. I always just, thought that they the way it made it sound here is like they really didn't know it was them. They' are like, oh, well, they've been some dealing with them. Well, come on, you know these two are bad guys. <laughs> just take them out
1: <laughs> but yeah,
6: again, it's, you've
2: seen you, you've seen them with their Cobra symbol on later, <laughs> you know, and you're going to see them again when you come into the room, but uh that that's the cartoon, and it makes it fun, just yeah to have some crazy laughs at it, so. Um, did I enjoy this one? Eh, not one of my favorites.
1: Okay, and Kevin,
0: were you your know, thoughts? You know, I uh, when I was watching these for the first time, of course, collecting the comic book, I knew at the time that they weren't, you know, following the comic book, and they were a little more kind of silly and more kid-friendly, and I understood that at the time when I got it, but the one thing I got to give the cartoon credit for was that it highlighted characters, G.I. Joe characters that we had action figures for that mm-hmm. the comics didn't necessarily give enough um, comic panels to, mm-hmm. and one of the things I liked about this was that you not only you had Blowtorch, but you had one of my favorites, you had um, Rakondo. And uh, I like the fact that he was highlighted in this, uh, even with the cool Hawaiian, Hawaiian T-shirt. And I remember, <laughs> I remember when you got the Ricondo figure. He had that weapon, that had the uh, the wrapping around the gun. And I remember that when some of the uh, other characters started getting those generic GI Joe laser rifles, mm-hmm. I remember right. I would take like I would cut up little strips of uh, masking tape, and I would do the same thing to those. Because I always thought that was kind of cool. So so you got to, you know, you got to give a little little love to the cartoon because it does highlight some of the characters. And the cartoon was the reason why Shipwreck became one of my favorite characters, Uh, even though the, the whole, you know, pyramid of darkness thing you know that that whole thing with him and him him and snake eyes i loved Mm. so so that that was one reason i did enjoy the cartoon knowing that it wasn't set in reality where i felt like the comic was a little bit more Uh, and then one of my favorite vehicles of all time and i wish i still had mine was the whale i love that when i love the whale i love it when it gets highlighted i love it when it also got some recognition in the comic as well one of my mm-hmm. favorite vehicles of all time. Just, just absolutely loved it. Um, and uh, I, the, the the silly biker gang. When I look back on it, I, I know this was before mentioning of the dreadnoughts in the uh, the. Uh, um, uh, at least in the comic book, though it would've been kind of cool, though, for those with the dreadnoughts instead. <laughs> yeah. Um. But one thing I did th- thought, what I thought was kind of cool too, was that uh, when Toma- Tomax, and Zaymot are um, arriving at their building, they're in the plane, and you got the cool Crimson Guard pilot. I loved mm-hmm. loved those uh uh those costumes. And one of the one of these days, I'd love to do a Crimson Guard costume. But oh, I just thought it was cool. funny how they. Instead of landing, they decide to open up, like, the, the back hatch of the plane and just jump and land on top of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're
1: going to make it in, just make it in style.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, you know, it, it uh, I, I did <laughs> ask you guys, though, what were the name of those, like, cannon pods that the Cobras were using to fire down on the restaurant? What Were, were those, I don't remember, were those toys that were released? I couldn't remember. Those were toys that were released. Do you remember the name I of them? no the asp
3: i I think it was the asp
0: yeah i actually thought those were pretty cool i never did end up uh getting those then i guess i don't know um but yeah like i said you know as for whether or not you know this isn't one of my favorite episodes uh but it did highlight some characters uh like ricondo and some other ones and uh um. You know, it's always about Cobra finding some type of weapon that they can use, and I thought this was an interesting twist to do that. the The last thing I want to mention was the the restaurant that um, that uh, Roadblock's parents have uh, is on the coast of California, and I grew up in Santa Barbara, California, so I was I knew it was just like up north. I'm like, is that up in San Luis Obispo or? <laughs> <laughs> is Set up, up near hearst castle or moral bay where would that be <laughs> off a of pacific coast highway <laughs> so i always thought that was kind of funny but uh, yeah it's, it's entertaining you know but like i said i love the cartoon because it does highlight characters that you didn't get necessarily uh on the comic
3: well and the other thing about the cartoon that you have to appreciate is that it gave you a new gi joe story monday tuesday oh, yeah. wednesday thursday yeah. friday the comic give you one a month so just on volume alone the the cartoon was great just to keep you interested in the stories and interested in the characters and interested in the toys and just having fun
2: Gave you that fix
3: yeah. Yeah. while you waited
2: (laughs) and I don't know about you guys I always liked it when I always liked like two-parters or even when they did the you know the five-part series again as as it went through its rotation again and again I was like oh cool a (laughs) two-parter I can't wait till tomorrow (laughs)
1: Yeah, those were usually a little better. A little that, more time.
2: That's what uh, that's what I
0: would look forward to after I got out of school is you'd come home and mm-hmm. you'd have G.I. Joe on and maybe you'd have either Transformers or Robotech or um, oh, yeah. you know, Inspec- or Inspector Inspector awesome. Gadget or He Man or Thundercats, you know, mm-hmm. you'd get all those, you know, in that afternoon and they would like rotate them and it was it was yeah. one of my highlights looking forward to getting home and watching this stuff. Yeah.
3: No, I, I had yep. to get my homework done because I think with where we were it was like a two hour block there was G.I. Joe Transformers Thundercats and uh, something else I'm not sure what the third one would or the fourth one would have been but it was like one right after the other so it was a nice yeah. little break from homework or get homework done before you could watch or you know,
0: something like that
1: um, um, real quick so yeah I was double checking yeah Brad was right it's called the Cobra Asp
0: ah okay ah. cool
1: Assault ah. System Pod
0: what it stands for. Well, um, by the way, I want to yeah. ask you guys real quick. At the end, when they're celebrating with with uh, the restaurant, they call it Joe's Diner or whatever it is. There's all those like generic GI Joes just kind of hanging around.
6: Mm. Like,
0: who are those guys? Are those guys like you know like new recruits? Do they do they get an identity later on? <laughs> I always hey, thought it would be kind of fun. It would he... be kind of fun if there was an episode about just those guys. <laughs> The green shirts? Yeah, the green shirts. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah,
1: That's just cannon fodder.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and they all look kind of like the same guy, too. Yeah. Yeah. GI generic.
1: Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Uh, Well, my thoughts since uh, Jared's not here, I'm going to go ahead and pull out Jared's patented list and read off my list of thoughts. (laughs) First thing I see that device, the little Indian boy was living at the beginning. Where did that come from? Why was some random little Indian child delivering a a device to Destro, running through the jungle, being chased by the Joes? I'm curious how that story started.
2: Well, and how many did he need? Obviously, there was a lot of them—a hundred and some. Yeah, hundred and four. So he, yeah. so this kid was running for a hundred and three other times.
1: <laughs> yeah, so, well, he only took off the one device. I don't know. Yeah, I'm just curious about that whole. And again, I, I'm an adult looking back at this, I'm sure as a kid, kids didn't think about that. But yeah, I'm just wondering where that device came from, why the little Indian boy was delivering it, and why there was just the one when, yeah, there was 104 restaurants, which I'll get to in a minute. Uh, so question, second question, is Blowtorch a pyro or is it just me? <laughs> <laughs> is he, is he do this? He's like lighting everything on fire. And you're like, ah, like, wow, that looks kind of psychotic.
0: What I thought was funny too is that like he was like, he was he was hot too because of the weather. Right.
2: <laughs> yeah, and he's in that suit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of his his costume, his suit,
1: it kind of reminds me of the Centurions. You guys remember that cartoon, the Centurions?
2: Centurions? Yeah.
1: His suit kind of reminds me of their costumes. I kind I of like snap things onto them. it. Just kind of kind of that look to me.
2: His costume was—I remember that toy. I, that was a cool toy at the time. Yes. His costume yeah. was cool; it really st- yeah. stood out.
1: Um, I did like how when Roblox came into the, the his uh, uncle and aunt's restaurant, he was standing in front of that red rocket standee, waving the same way the character on there was. Yeah, <laughs> well, <it> was <laughs> And then, as I, I think it was Kevin said earlier, yeah, here or. Brad or whoever it was, here's the trash. I'll be the turkey. You'll be the stuffing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, and I think someone else mentioned the twins stepping out of the jets. I, re- I really like that. Again, if you're going to make an entrance, miles do dramatically. I like the way the roadblock tossed Quig out of the restaurant. He's picked him up. He's like, yeah, get out of here. <laughs> um, and I think it's funny that the Joes that are running are quicker than the well is. When they're attacking the Televipers and they're running up the hill... Lady Jamie makes it right. up there while the well like only halfway up. I'm like, well, wow, that's kind of slow. Is it supposed to be that slow? <laughs> Another line from Roblox, of course, nobody makes my ass hair cry and gets away with it. <laughs> it
0: just made, made me chuckle. Dude, the other line that Roblox said when he was introducing Ricando was like, "Ricando can find an eyelash in the jungle you lost last week. <laughs> yeah. yeah, those really took my tummy feathers.
1: <laughs> yeah. um, and again, yeah, Flint has got some really good eyes to see what station the people are watching in their apartments when they're flying in the
2: helicopter. <laughs> yeah, that helicopter. creepy material there. And he's looking in the window <laughs> and
1: he can actually see what station they're watching to not only see what's on the TV, but actually see what station it's on. But, hey, can you pass me into this same station? Like, how good are your eyes, man? Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> um,. When Cutter was starting to blow up the Red Rocket stand, I wasn't quite sure why the Cobras jumped over the railing instead of running towards the crowd at the at the nearby amusement park when they were on the boardwalk and all the shows. Or the Cobras jumped over and jumped into the water instead of running towards where the civilians to you know get protection. <laughs> and also, some Red Rocket drive-ins blew up more spectacular than others. I like said that first one on the pier, you know, blew up pretty good. Some other was just a little. Little poofs, I don't know. As I mentioned in the synopsis, I guess Roadblock never read Captain America comics crawling out of the rocket. That usually <laughs> doesn't end well. And they fixed his uncle's driving pretty quick after they got blown to pieces by the asp. And they got it back up and running pretty quick.
2: Well, and maybe that's what all those green shirts were for. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> there you go. Oh, job. Job. They're like and the cream you know, the cleanup crew. <laughs>
1: And this is a question for Jared, but he's not here, so I'm going to ask it anyways. I'm wondering, can you blow the head off a rocket like Flint did like that? I don't know if that's actually feasible or not. Again, so do not looking into it too much, but...
2: I would think Jared would say it's probably feasible only with a couple, maybe a few hours of training.
1: (laughs) That they give everybody, of course. Yeah. And then, like, you guys are talking about how this kind of the comic kind of ruined this show. For me, I, I came into it backwards, I think. Like I said, I watched the cartoon first and I didn't get into the comic until years later. So it, it, I did enjoy the comic a whole lot more once I found it. Because as you I said it's more realistic. It's more as realistic as it can be for what it is. Or this was more <sighs> well not fantasy. It was more fantasy. It was more, you know, no one got hurt and for the most part. And it was very more more flashy, more colorful, more aimed at young kids. But having said that, like the GI Joe cartoon, as I've said before, is what got me into comics. It's what got me the GI Joe comics. So yeah, so I, I've got no matter how bad some of these episodes may get, I've got that special love for the for the cartoon because that's what said, that's what got me started with GI Joe, which eventually led to my comic addiction, which led to my podcasting addiction. But that's another story sure for another time. <laughs>
2: You know, I look back at it now, would you want, you know, when they, the Joe cartoons that came out afterwards, the, you know, I can't Renegade, was it Renegade? Where that was a little more serious? Right. I guess. Would, did you guys like that or did you want more of this?
3: You know what, weirdly enough, when I when I did see Renegades and I only like caught a little bit of it, it, it made me more uh, nostalgic for the real American hero, the eighties cartoon.
6: I would uh, agree, I I would agree I with that. I thought Renegades
3: too. went a little too far into the seriousness and I kinda yeah. it, it yeah. made me more pine for the you know, cold slither and you know, <laughs> all, all the craziness all the craziness that was in the uh, the '80s cartoon, you
0: know. Yeah, there's a certain campiness yeah. that these uh, these episodes, the series has that I just I enjoy lo- lo- going back on. Yeah.
2: Well, I think you 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 said it there, Brad. Is real American hero. These mm-hmm. guys were over the top American heroes. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the car-
1: Well, I, saw, I I enjoyed the renegade cartoon. I enjoyed the, the seriousness in quotes. My main issue with with that cartoon was the artwork. It. it Took me quite a while to get into the artwork on the animation on that one. I wasn't a huge fan of that. But as far as the stories, I don't know, I'm, I'm divided. Part of me, like I say, enjoyed the seriousness of the Renegades cartoon. But part of me, like I said, you know, missed the nostalgic feeling, the, the the love I had for these old, more whimsical cartoons, if you will.
2: Yeah. I think they could bring, and I'm um not to keep talking about it, but I think it would be cool for them. You could do like an hour show of like a live action. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, I think that would be, you know, that would give agent Sh- shield a run for their money. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that would be kind of cool. I mean, if you're going to do something with the Joe franchise, try that. You know, you have a lot of SWATs and, you know, some of those special forces TV shows that are out there right now. Right. It might be a good time to bring something like this back. Yeah, let's, let's get on that. Let's yeah. get that pitch to one of the awesome.
3: <laughs> this pitch Hasbro, yeah.
2: But yeah, maybe then we, maybe I, we can get a, in there as green shirts. There you <laughs>
1: go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that would be cool if they did a G.I. Joe yeah.
2: Series. I'm sure Kevin. Kevin could probably, you know, get a better part in there. With
1: I mean, he, he, can shipwreck can
2: the or <laughs> major blood or, yeah. uh, I'm game. Hooked. I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get so a hold of get a hold of your group there, Kevin, and start ma- filming something. I know, right? Yeah, that'd be a great idea. Yeah, that'd
1: be fun. it's <laughs> you know, an idea you just need to do. Let's get, let's get a TV show going. <laughs> well, so, Brad, do you have any other thoughts on the on this? episode of gi
3: joe you know what it's it's i it's uh, something i just realized watching it you know how much a a part of my childhood stuff like gi joe was and you know it's part of the fun of sort of rediscovering uh the 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 gi joe comics the gi joe just anything about it which has only happened in the last few years when i became a father myself that uh you, know, you find yourself looking back to your childhood and you know, seeing uh, you know seeing things through your child's eyes and re- remembering all that stuff that was important <laughs> to you back then and and you know watching the the cartoon again was sort of the same experience this this, uh, this episode in particular like I said I had no memory of it when I first saw it but I, I must have seen it when it first uh, when it first aired and it, it reminded me just of, of just those days of you know coming home from school and you know, throwing my Put bag on the floor and kicking my shoes <laughs> off and throwing myself in front of the TV to t- tune into GI Joe or whatever, just kind of blow off a little bit of steam before I had to get homework started. And uh, you know, it's a I think you when you're in, as a, an adult, you, you're so much of who you are is defined by a lot of the stuff that you experience as a child through entertainment, through toys, through just all that make believe, all that stuff that kind of uh, helped you grow and expand your imagination and. Uh, you know, I have a, I have a, a, a deep fondness in my heart for for GI Joe to, to a greater degree than any of the other things I was into at uh, at the time whether it was Star Wars or Transformers or anything GI Joe's kind of become
4: uh,
3: a big part of that. so uh, yeah that the the cartoon is uh, as much a part of my formative years as, uh, as the comic was as, as the toys were.
1: Very nice. And Kevin, do you have any thoughts on this episode of G.I. Joe? Any final thoughts?
0: You know, G.I. Joe, it's interesting how I've had this second kind of coming of G.I. Joe being a big part of my life now. And if you would have told me back in the day of watching these episodes that I would eventually be um, a grown man with a family and uh, dressing up (laughs) as G.I. Joe (laughs) characters, (laughs) I would have thought, cool. (laughs) Um, you know, looking back on on this episode just reminded me too is like whenever you see Roadblock in a cartoon, um you always kind of curious what kind of rhyme he's going to come up with before <laughs> he kicks butt. <laughs> <laughs> um I just, you know, I, I I will I will go back and watch almost any of these. It's just it brings back a, mm-hmm. a good time and, and a good after-school ritual as I mentioned earlier. And uh you know, it's yeah you know, no one, no one ever dies, you know, which is interesting. And you know, when you see planes blow up, you always see the parachute <laughs> that was mm-hmm. that Um, but it was a great vehicle to sell toys. And I had lots of them. And uh, when I look back, i that's the only thing that makes me sad because I don't have a lot of these anymore, you mm-hmm. know? Um, I kind of oh, want a trouble oh, yeah. bubble now, you know. <laughs> I love the trouble bubble. Yeah, I'm on a, I, I, on a yeah, Facebook I, group. I, I don't think I ever bought one when I was a kid. Um, but I, I wish I, I wish I had one now. But yeah, it's I love looking back on these cartoons, and um, you know, I, I have the DVDs, and I'm, I'm proud to have them. Yeah, I'm on, I'm on a GI Joe Collectors Club Canada Facebook group,
1: and they're always posting pictures of the GI Joe action figures, and I just got like, oh man. Makes me miss my. It makes me sorry. I, I got rid of my Joes when I moved out and needed money for surviving. I ended up selling my Joes and it makes me miss them. <laughs> Pat, do you have any other final thoughts on this um, episode?
2: Just my only, well, the, this episode, kind of more just in general about G.I. Joe as we've kind of all just reminiscing here towards the end is, uh, you know, it, it. I watched this and talked about it with friends as a kid and now I'm doing it again as an adult <laughs> and it's just it's awesome you know what yeah. uh, it, it yeah, not only did I have friends back then you know and this has helped me make new friends you know you guys new friends to talk Joe with yay uh-huh. yeah <laughs> exactly let's all go out and play now sleep over at my house <laughs> be right over <laughs> But, yes. yeah you know that's it's that's what's cool about it
1: yeah no, I have to agree with you guys yeah it's fun reminiscing it's fun thinking back you know again i I was a bit older I was probably over their target demographics I didn't get into the comics until I was seventeen uh, I was what 13 when the show came out so I enjoyed getting home you, know, you know as Brad said coming home from school all right yeah you, you know throwing on the TV I was here as Fox. 26 because the channel was on so i throw on channel 26 and when I got home and watched that you know two hour block of cartoons and I was really excited you know G.I. Joe was on uh it just it was a great like I say for all the campiness and the corniness that this this show had all the things like what the what the hell are they thinking I wouldn't change it for anything I mean you had the know. G.I. Joe comic more serious and then this year gave you some lighthearted fun this is just Overall you, you know you get things like the fatal fluffies or furries or whatever the heck they're called even them as much as I may have, you know complain about them or you know question them. <laughs> it, it was fun. Well, I think that's gonna do it for this stuff. So one more thing before we finish up I again Jared was gonna be on tonight but uh, plans with the wife and all that but he didn't want me to comment uh, how much he he dislikes Polly and he thinks Polly's worthless. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I didn't really oh, find a chance in this one.
1: I didn't really find a chance during the episode to throw that in there, so I figured I would throw that in right now. That yeah, he he wanted to throw it out there. That uh, he wanted at least one reference to how much he hates you know Paulie. <laughs> and also for for Jared, these nuts. Uh, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's Jared's input for this episode.
2: <laughs> Thank you, Jared. <laughs>
1: Even when he's out of here, he keeps on giving. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so Pat, why don't you tell people out there where they can find you if they want to hear more about you?
2: Well, you can find me on the, the Longbox Crusade uh, podcast. Uh, that's at at the Longbox at Longbox Crusade on Facebook or Twitter, where we, me, Jarrett, Jason, and Delvin go through my comic book collection either randomly or chronologically. Uh, through the Longbox Crusade, or chronologically through Crusader Chronicles. Uh, we also do started a new show called Saturday Matinee Theater, where we're currently going through the 1954 Sherlock Holmes TV series, uh, episode at a time. And also, if you are a James Bond fan, you can listen to us talk about every James Bond movie from the beginning to the end, and on Her Majesty's Secret Service, we have a podcast. Uh, it's called MI6 Rookie Agents, where two bond experts, Jason and Jared, take me and Delvin, who are just rookies, through that series.
1: Very nice, and nice I have listened to the Long Box and the Crusader Chronicles, and great shows. Definitely recommend Thank them. you. Thank you. And uh, Kevin, why don't you tell the people out there where they can find you in the podcasting world?
0: Oh, cool! Uh, yes, you can find me. Um, I'm the co-founder and co-host of several shows on the Fandom Podcast Network. You can find us on all of our find Fandom Podcast Network on all you know podcast catchers. And uh, I'm a co-host of Bloody Kings, the Highlander podcast. We cover all things Highlander, and also the weekly show called Culture Clash. where We talk about all the weekly geeky news. And we have some other great shows on that network as well. We have Disco where we talk about Star Trek Discovery in the Orville. Uh, we also have Couch Potato Theater where you discuss those uh, movies that you watch on the couch, even though you might have the Blu-ray or, you know, some special edition on the on the shelf and you don't get up to get it. And uh we also have um, Time Warp, where we look back on a special uh, fandom and discovered. And lately, we've been talking about the movies of 1985. And we also have uh, friends of ours um, called. Uh, we have they have an Alfred Hitchcock podcast as well on that on there. Um, and so make sure you check that out. And we also have a NFL podcast as well. Sounds like you're a busy man. <laughs> oh, and by the way, you can reach me on Twitter at Spartan underscore Phoenix, a uh, Demolition Man reference in case you're curious. <laughs> there you go.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and finally, Brad, I don't know if you have anything you want to plug or talk about, but I want to thank you for for joining us on the show. We had some technical difficulties getting started today, but I'm glad you were able to make it. And I oh, enjoy yeah, hearing Joe's origin stories and talking to other people in their love for G.I. Joe. So thank you very much oh, for yeah joining
3: us. Well, thanks for having me and uh, you can find me uh, I don't have a, I don't have a podcast or anything but you can find me online on Twitter I'm not Brad Abraham and that's the same as uh, Instagram and Facebook and if you're interested in checking out any of my writing, my debut novel, Magician's Impossible uh, is in stores now uh, published by St. Martin's Press and it's basically it's James Bond meets Harry Potter it's uh, the globetrotting mm-hmm. spies who use magic and uh, okay. I encourage everyone to check it out. If there oh, that sounds guy, cool.
1: Sounds interesting. Well, I,
3: cool.
1: And as usual, you can find me over on the Headcast Network. I've got my shows. I've got this one, G.I. Joe, Royal American Headcast. I've got my main show, Head Speaks, where I've started my Armageddon 2001 mega crossover series. I had uh, Buddy Pat and Jared on the first episode. The second so- episode, I had Michael Bailey and Clinton robinson on uh, clinton's been a big supporter of the show uh and i'm getting ready to come off the third episode of that with uh, a guy i've met on facebook so uh, john jack so definitely check out that we covering the entire armageddon 2001 crossover and all the the annuals it crossed over into i've got my task force x podcast where i talk about the john Ossinger suicide squad and the paul Kupperberg checkmate comics and finally, I have the Starman Manhunter Adventure Hour, where I talk about the Will Payton Starman and the Mark Shaw Manhunter comics again from the late '80s, early '90s. Um, and again, I'm on Facebook. You can look for the Headcast Network, and each of my shows have their own Facebook page. Or over on Twitter, I've got one for GI Joe, a Real American Headcast, and then everything else is under my Head Speaks or Headcast Network Twitter feed. I don't do much over there. I should probably be more involved, but.
0: I'm an old man. Technology, i it down. <laughs> hey, Aaron, can I plug one more thing? I forgot yeah. to mention. No, sorry, we're we're, we're done with you already. You've already had your chance. Well, it is okay. GI Joe related, so I thought oh, it would be ahead. important. Uh, as I mentioned, um, I'm a member of the GI Joe Finest Costume Group, and we have. There's a new Facebook page called Finest GI Joe Costume Club Recruiting. So if you search for that and you're interested in starting a, uh, you know, getting into costuming with G.I. Joe, it's a great way to touch base with all of us that have done this. And, you know, if you're interested in certain costumes, there's several of, a, several of us that, you know, are experts at it because we've made costumes. You can tell you where to get materials and suggestions. And also make sure you check out uh, Finest, G.I. Joe Costume Club on on uh, the website and also the Facebook page. So.
1: I definitely recommend checking that out. I've seen some of Kevin's posted some of his pictures. Fantastic! I wish I had the money and the time and the, the knowledge and the body to wear some of those, but. <laughs> <laughs> but. you
0: know, those you got some great pictures you posted, Kevin. I appreciate enjoyed. that and thank you. Yeah, whenever you oh yeah, go
2: to always, always a joy to see those. Yeah, Makes my day. And I, I did want
0: to pictures. mention too, the group is a great supportive group. You know, there's a lot of other costume uh, groups out there that aren't as supportive and these guys are great. We're like a big family and that's why we get together a lot and do these meetups. It's a lot of fun.
1: Right on. Well, unless you guys have anything else, I, again, I want to thank you all for joining me and uh, Brad, you're welcome back on the show. Anytime you want to come on, just let me
3: know. And Absolutely. love to.
1: We'll definitely have you back on because I enjoy talking with you. You're, you're a knowledgeable yeah, man. Good, good to have you, you on, love. Brad. Yeah,
3: okay, thanks. Yeah. Thanks for having me guys.
2: Brad. Pleasure. Well,
1: <laughs> well, I guess I'll do it for this time. Uh, stay tuned for the the promos. I, I got the end, and uh, until next time, remember, knowing is half
4: the battle. Yo, yo, Joe. Joe. yo,
2: Turkey. <laughs>
5: <laughs> olly, olly, free. Where he? Hey, where's John?
1: What's all the excitement?
5: Ricardo, we can't find John. He was heading that way.
1: Oh no! Check that old refrigerator.
5: Thanks for condo.
1: Remember, never get in anything that could close up and trap you.
5: Like an old trunk or an abandoned refrigerator. Now we know.
1: And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe, a real American headcast, is available monthly on iTunes, Stitcher, and at HeadSpeaks.com. All characters and stories are owned and trademarked by the respective owners. We claim no ownership other than our opinions. Audio and images are used for entertainment purposes and falls under fair use. We make no money from this headcast. For more of the monthly G.I. Joe, check out the IDW series. For the stories we're covering, look for the comics and trade paperbacks. Let us know what you think. Send us an email letting us know your thoughts. Joe's dismissed.
5: Everybody's gonna jump for joy Come on with Come on with it. You'll not see nothing like the mighty Quinn I like to go just like the rest I like my sugar sweet But jumping cues and making haste Just ain't my Pigeons on a limb. When Quinn the Eskimo gets here, all the pigeons gonna run to him. Come on, without, Come on. But when Quinn the Eskimo gets here, everybody's gonna wanna doze Come on without, come on within You will not see nothing like the miles.